The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the second annual Box to Row HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, July the 27th. I'm Donald Ware at Media, MEAC Media Day. As a matter of fact, having a chance to talk with uh, uh, quite a few of the coaches and some of the players, and as a matter of fact, North Carolina A&T has been picked to win the MEAC, followed by Howard. And then at number three is North Carolina Central. And uh, as a matter of fact, today we take a look at the North Carolina Central Eagles, and um, they have a new head football coach, Granville Eastman, who has been on the staff for four years. Jerry Mack departs to take the offensive coordinator position at Rice, and so Eastman is elevated to the head coaching position at North Carolina Central University, of course, and I had a chance to catch up with him a little bit earlier doing great um just want to get your thoughts and in, in terms of you being introduced but you know what are some of the first things that you did as the new head football coach at nccu well i think the first thing i had to do was just kind of lay down my vision um for the program and i'll meet with the young men and said hey you know what we we, we we fell off a little bit this year and uh here are some things we've identified as a staff as to why this has happened and uh going forward we're not going to make these mistakes and so you better be committed and you better understand what this is all about or, you know, you might have to be looking at a different opportunity elsewhere. And, um, you know, to their credit, uh, they understood. They felt bad in some of the things that we didn't accomplish. And uh, we began working together, building a family team chemistry for our challenges this coming season. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, 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 I'm, if I'm fair, it, you know, if I'm fair, and I've been part, part of the, the rivalry, it maybe didn't end like you guys wanted it to end last year in Greensboro. Can you kind of speak to that and kind of resetting things? Well, I think, you know, our, our athletic director, Dr. McCree, um, she, had, uh, she had a staff athletic retreat uh, some couple years ago, and she talked about success, and she talked about blind spots, and she talked about be, always be aware of your blind spots creeping up on you. And then what we had noticed after going back and looking at the season was that um, while we had expectations, we felt we had the talent, uh, we were a little uh, – we weren't as sharp and did some things out of character um, on the discipline, uh, on our level, on the execution. And uh, certainly our chemistry was not was not what it was in years past. And so uh, some of that was coaching. Uh, some of that, you know, was our, was our young people. And so we began to put things in place to make sure that just because of success or whatnot, that that was not going to, you know, uh, not just to take a backseat or, or be a blind spot. And uh, I think that's more that led to accountability and things like that. And so we began to just keep focus on those things as we went forward in the offseason. Can you kind of speak to spring and how things went in the spring? 
Well, I thought we did. I thought we did a couple of things real good. I thought we we did uh, uh, some chemistry building exercises. Um, our our football, our life after football program um, that we spend uh, with Travis Taylor, our director of football operations, where we're working on the development of these young men. We had different what we call team activities, which were either educational forums or seminars where we had outside campus partners or members of the community come in and speak to these young men. How to interact with law enforcement officers, Me Too movement, the importance of mental health. Uh, money, power, respect, how to build up, how to use money um, to, to become somebody who's a decision, decision maker to more or less gain influence. And uh, just to kind of build them up in, in terms of our promise to them about when you leave Central, you're going to have more than a degree in championships. You're going to be well prepared for life after football. And I think, you know, we had some, uh, we had a little intramural pickup basketball league just with football players. And uh, I think that, it, I, I think what that did was, the players got to know the coaches and other players that they may not normally hang around with in a different manner, and uh, that's just the part of the chemistry thing I was trying to address that we that that that, that we 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 worked on. So that was a big part of the off season. Spring ball again was to develop from the first to the least uh, to make sure that we're focused on discipline, doing the right things. First of all, being on time, dressed the correct way, and then going about your business and what you're doing on the field. And I think we you know we accomplished those goals for the most part. So coming back into our uh, fall camp. Uh, the goals are going to be the same. And that's separate from our academic achievements, which, which there were some as well. And so that was a, a, a big emphasis. That was another piece of the offseason. So it was it was the the basketball deal the interim that's pretty cool. So was it a was it a, a league of so how did who who ended up winning that thing? That's that's pretty interesting. It was eight teams and it was mixed of what you call big guys and little guys. Okay. Uh, I want to say Coach Brad uh, Coach Blaylock, who is our no actually Coach Schultz, who's our special teams coach. His team won. Okay. All right, and uh, so the D-line guys didn't really like that. And I tell you what, those coaches are just as competitive, if not more, than the players were. They took it seriously. Uh, and actually, I got cleared up, cleared out across the key game one, so I decided I wasn't going to play anymore. I was just going to officiate. But um, it was good. It was good. It, uh, it had some little bragging to it, and uh, you saw how some young men reacted to maybe not some good situations, which kind of made you identify things. Hey, we got to be a little more careful about him. And uh, you see different – uh, aspects of their character where they can have fun, where they're a little competitive. And uh, we, we think it paid off some dividends. I'm hoping to be able to do things like that going forward. Again, just to uh, get the players acquainted with one another and with the coaches. I don't think that we invested as coaches in them this past year as much as we should have and have done in years past, them getting to know us. Did you Do you have some guys that maybe Coach Moten would, would snatch up? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That I can say without he wouldn't even bat an eye going in that. Now there's a handful of them that think they might be able to, you know, play for him, but absolutely not. No, nah, I wouldn't go there. All right, let's talk some personnel. Start with the defense. Um, Reynolds comes back for you. Can can you kind of, you know, really good player. I mean, he's a really good player. Can you speak to the expectations for him as now, you know, perhaps the leader of that defense and some of the other guys you expect to step up? Well, defensively, yeah, we're, we're led by Devontae, and there are a couple others. Uh, Devontae's a really, first of all, he's a good young man. He understands the importance of, a, of an education, and the thing that I've been most pleased with him, as I have been with many of our young men, is their understanding of earning a degree and doing the best you can in the classroom. And that was one of the off-season um, um, goals and, and, and things that I, um, that I challenged them to. If you're 3.0, I want you performing to that level. 4.0 to that level and two, don't underperform. And I think that's just a carryover for Devontae onto the field. He's a student of the game. It doesn't take him long to pick up on what you're trying to do defensively, the schemes and whatnot. You just have to tell him something one time and he knows. And uh, 
that is his leadership part of it, and he's able to help and work with others in getting them right. I think defensively, I think Kwon Cox, who had a really good year as a defensive end, pass rusher, is set to, you know, if, if Kwon can get in shape, you know, he'll have another good year, as well as Randy Nwayu, who's another defensive lineman for us. Um, Demaro Evans is a returning corner, a two-year starter at corner. And so the defense will be led primarily by those guys. And uh, we have some others who have played significant stats. They just have not yet been that top MEAC quality, but this year will be their opportunity. Before I talk about the offense, what are, how is maybe your philosophy in terms of coaching different from Coach Max? That's a great question, one that I've certainly been having to answer over the last you know, several months. But, um, you know, Jerry is a visionary. Um, he, he's a great outside-the-box thinker and has laid an excellent foundation for the program at North Carolina Central University. And so uh, my whole thing is not to tinker much about that, but I'm going to be myself. I think that's the best way you can lead, and that's the best way um, to get to get uh, have success. And uh, I'm a little more traditional, um, you know, a little more old school, you might say. Um, but uh, defense is not going to change. You know, offensively, we're going to be led by Coach T.C. Taylor, who's our offensive coordinator and assistant head coach. And and uh, my confidence in, 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 in T.C. is 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 sky high. And I know he's a quality coach. And I don't think we're going to deviate too much from what we've done on offense. We've just got to develop the young men, make sure that they're disciplined. Make sure that they're 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 playing the game the, the way it's supposed to be played. But um, Jerry and I will differ a little bit. Uh, just I'm more personality. I'm a little further along in life <laughs> than he is, and I think that has some you know some bearings to our differences as well. But we've always been on the same page and agreed that uh, that you know there's a certain way to do things, and that's how our friendship started many years ago. There's a certain way to do things, a certain way to treat people, and that won't change. Awesome. Um, so you brought Isaiah Totten with you, running back, um, um, with you today. Talk about him. And uh, you're deep at the running back position. Well, yes, yeah. We've been very fortunate, been very blessed ever since Coach Mack. And we've been here. We've always had very, very capable running backs. Isaiah, is, uh, the thing I like about him best is, is you know, just like Devontae, great student off the field. I uh, don't think he's ever had a failing grade, or I shouldn't say that, certainly never failed a class. Um, he's way ahead of, uh, to graduate. And uh, you could tell. He, he understands work ethic. Uh, to see the young man, how he prepares himself um, for practices and game, works tremendously hard in the weight room. And I think all those things just carry over onto the football field. And uh, the thing that's most eye-catching about him that is just how early he is in his career. And he already understands and has those things down. I thought he had a really good year. I thought uh, if we're not for some unfortunate opportunities, you know, he, he might have made what I would call a lot more noise. You know, as far as his statistics and whatnot, and you'll never hear him complain or cry about that. He's a consummate team player. I thought it was fitting of him to be here representing us on the offensive side of the ball today. You know, uh, 2016, a banner year for Central, but you had to re replace a, a great quarterback. And, and you guys played a couple of quarterbacks last year. I think, uh, it made, I think Caldwell ended up being the one that yeah. sort of was the guy that led you. So is he your if you, had, if you were playing today, would he be your guy? Well, if we, I would talk to the quarterback coach about that and the offensive coordinator uh, because they spend more time with them because there's more than just you know, the athleticism that goes into the decision of you know, playing or starting somebody. Um, I want to make sure that you know, Chauncey's going to make the right decisions and things like that. And right now we have a little, we have a little quarterback uh, competition going on. I thought Chauncey did separate himself, though, and certainly was the lead, the better performer coming out of spring football. So, you know, based on that performance, then yes, to your question. But as we go into uh, training camp, um, there's going to be competition. We've had two other young men that have played in games, and I'm very excited about all of their growth and development, but I'm 
I really like what Chauncey has done this offseason. I think he's continued to grow. He's continued to invest in himself. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does here in these next coming weeks. One of the things I really like about Central's schedule over the years is as you and Duke play in that uh, Bull City Classic, you all typically play a, a North Carolina, more specifically CIAA, uh, school. So, you you know, it's one of those deals. So can you kind of talk about that, but also being able to play in the MEAC SWAC Challenge this year as well? Well, I tell you what, we seem like we're uh – Seems like we're living right. <laughs> we're certainly hitting all the right strides in terms of opportunities and games. And so, uh, the Bull City Classic is one that uh, you know we get up for. Uh, of course, unfortunately, our, you know our success hasn't been as good in the last few years. But it's a great experience for our young men to play that level of competition. It puts them on another stage, and that's what we sell. We sell that. You know, if you felt that you were maybe mislooked or overlooked, and and you think you deserve to, well, here's an opportunity right here to show what you can do. Um, you know, having been able to play some of the um, CIAA opponents, especially in the area that we're at, schools from that location, brings uh, the larger part of the community together, and they have a great time with that. And uh, I'm sure it's an opportunity for those young men, on, uh, those Division II institutions as well. And so hopefully we can keep that relationship, those things going. The MIAC Swag Challenge opener, I am absolutely tickled. Um, it's, a, it's a big platform. It is great for the MIAC. It is great for our young men. The experience, Mr. Grant and the ESPN um, uh, people and what they've been able to provide with the Celebration Bowl alone and then now having this in Atlanta, um, I, I think speaks volumes for MEAC, college football, HBCUs, to be able to have the young men display their talent on a whole other stage and have an experience, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something big time. Good luck, Coach. Thank you very much. So that's going to do it for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You heard from Granville Eastman, the head football coach at North Carolina Central. And, you know, he mentioned that the Eagles um, were doing some things differently. And even in his uh, in, in, in when uh, when he was uh, had his his sort of his presser at the luncheon, he mentioned that, you know, he alluded essentially to some, I think, disciplinary things. If you go back to the North Carolina Central and A&T game last year, there was um, a bit of a fight before the football game. And um, if you had a chance, as a matter of fact, to listen to uh, Box to Row, if you're a regular listener of Box to Row back in December, right before the Celebration Bowl, then A&T head football coach Rod Broadway spoke on that issue and spoke about the fact of he, he spoke really about how the Eagles conducted themselves throwing the uh, championship rings from the year before um, at the Aggies and so forth, which incited them uh, in Greensboro. So I think that is in part what uh, Eastman, I think, was talking about, just getting back to uh, to some discipline things. So I think the Eagles are going to be a much better football team definitely in 2018 don't forget about the weekend edition of from the press box to press row airing on a radio station near you also on saturday morning 9 a.m eastern 8 a.m central time and 6 a.m pacific time on sirius xm channel 142 we're going to talk national football league training camps which have opened this week uh we're also going to talk uh some uh, i'm going to kind of break down um some of the uh, predicted order of finishes in the CIAA SWAC and the SIAC. We'll talk about the MEAC um, on next week's edition of the program. Um, continue to peruse our website. If you're on the site, if you have downloaded this podcast, 
then log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Tell a friend about the show. Have a great weekend. Coming off the bench While I'm coming off the court Fully drenched Here goes some hater rain Get your thirst quenched Style doing him in this Burberry trench